Hey, it's your Kali. What's up? Warning. 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 You are about to listen to facts, stories, interviews, gossip, and much more fascinating things that will be so stunning, there's a possibility that your mind will blow. This show will start five, four, three, two, one. Hey, what's up, guys? You're listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, call in Little Village. I'm Camila. And I'm Marie. And we're doing the What We Hold show. So, basically, me and Mary had the opportunity to visit um, San Francisco. California. And, yeah, California. And we visited the... Contemporary Jewish Museum in California, which was really amazing. It was to open up an exhibition for What We Hold. So what is What We Hold, Mary? So what it, What We Hold is... um Actually, wait, hold on. Where's the paper? Oh, never mind. So whatever. So basically what, what We Hold was kind of like an echo or like kind of like an audio piece, like what we were doing for the most of the part when we were doing it, mm-hmm. um, was kind of like an echo or like, um, like telling how we like inherited or like, you know, got... I think yeah, I was kind of inherited, like from our previous generations, from my mom's siblings, older siblings, aunts, and like grandmothers, like what we got from them, kind of like that. Or like, is there like a technical definition? Well, for it? the technical definition is what we hold. Teen Voices is a continuation of the highly successful audio story project and exhibition. What we hold, Teen, reflects on how memories extend over generation, asking teens, "What do we inherit, embody, and echo from previous generations?" At the Contemporary Jewish Museum, the, the resulting audio story showcased interwoven narratives of myth and memory from the perspective of the dynamic and diverse Bay Area teens. Exploring family histories through questions, conversations, and discoveries allowed these teens to claim and understand how moments of the past transform into relationships and outlook in the present. So it was kind of close then. <laughs> so yeah, we were close. We were close. But yeah, we not only enjoyed listening to, you know, your colleagues, what we hold, but we also enjoyed listening other peoples from San Francisco's audio pieces about this. Kind of like Oak, Oakland. Oh, it's either Oakland, Oakley, right? Yeah. Oakley um, High School. And then we had the Jewish com- um, community as well. And like, it was actually kind of nice, like hearing some of like what they had to say. And we also had the Bay, um, I believe it was the Bay Area High School. Oh yeah, we cannot forget about them. Yeah. Like I literally loved how like most of them just like um, they're individuals and then like the community and then family and then what they have like with their family and then like what they have within themselves. Like it was like so refreshing hearing that something different. Yeah, definitely. So today we're gonna be talking about hearing a bit of the audio pieces that we listen to from Yolkali and also from San Francisco, and we'll also be talking about the trip. So you guys will have to stay tuned for that. I hope you guys enjoy. What do you want to be when you grow up? Who? Me? I've been thinking for a long time, and to be honest, I'm not sure. Since I was seven years old, I remember people asking me this question over and over again. And I've been thinking about what I should be and what I can be. Hi, my name is Daniel Diaz. Now that I'm 15 years old, 
and many other teens, I wonder what I can be in this kind of world. Uh, when I grow up, I want to be like a game designer. I want to animate stuff. I want to be an NBA player. I want to be a dermatologist. I want to be a Costco manager. I want to be a geologist. It is a tough decision to realize at a short age, what do you want to be when you grow up? Although, you can start carving your own path. In my case, I constantly think about that question and what I should be. But the good thing is that my family is and has been there to help me out. For example, my big brother has been amazing at art and at computers for as long as I can remember, and I thought I could be an animator. But as the years flied, I changed my mind. My mom is great at cooking. I used to help her with cooking when I was young, and sometimes now. I wonder if I should be a cook one day, making food for people and for everyone. Then my dad, I've seen him work so hard for us, getting paid for his precious time at the company that has seen him age and coming back at least 2.30 in the morning every day. Seeing him work so hard just for us, his family, so selfless, made me want to be a nurse or a doctor just to help others. My sister, on the other hand, wanted me to grow harder skin, showing me what to say to people smack-talking me so I can be ready for the world. As I was growing up, I grew tougher skin, but my little brother, at his short age, always reminded me and shows that a person can be a little youthful sometimes. It took a lot of courage to ask my parents their expectations towards me. What would you like me to be? Creo que eres bueno en muchas cosas. Todavía no estoy segura qué carrera vas a agarrar. Yo pienso que tú vas a seguir en la escuela y vas a seguir un buen muchacho que sigue estudiando. Over all the years of growing up and being asked the same question, what do you want to be when you grow up? I would say that I'd rather be asked, what do you dream to be when you grow up? Because maybe I don't know yet. But my dreams are just another story to be told. My name is Kayla, I'm 17, and I love music. My dad plays music too, and I've always wondered what about music makes it so important to my family. I asked my dad about when he started to play music. I always loved music, actually. I was, uh, I studied I started studying when I was actually six years old, but before that I would sing opera on my own, <laughs> uh, all kind of stuff. So I really kind of enjoyed music since very early. I mean, recorder was my main thing for, you know, like even though people play recorder as a toy, you know, recorder is a, is a serious instrument that you can play concerts with. So I got to a very high level of, you know, recorder, concert level, and uh, flute. 
those were my main instruments. I asked him about ways in which his relationship with music has evolved. You know, when I was younger and I was playing, I would play for long times, and and uh, and it, in a way, I feel transported into into a different place in my mind. I was not there physically that much. I was mostly in the music world, and uh, it was extremely relaxing and invigorating, you know, like I felt good about it. I felt good about playing music. He started telling me about how he doesn't play as much now as he did when he was younger. You know, life take you, takes you places and you forget about, you know, some stuff you really like. So, yeah. Uh, then I asked him what it's like for him to hear me play piano or guitar or hear my brother play the drums. I love it. I really do. I really enjoy listening to you play and play and play with music, not just play music, but play with music, play with your instrument and you know try to again create or play by ear something you just heard or you know all that process is really nice and actually it does remind me a lot of the way I I felt when I was doing it. I can see you really, you know, you you get immersed in it and you don't give up and you stay, you know. Uh, even if something doesn't sound the way you wanted, you keep trying and eventually you get there. But also, uh, I see you better and better at, at just listening to something and right away being able to play it, which is, you know, something that many musicians struggle with, and it's pretty cool that you can do it. So I'm really happy and proud. Yeah. It was nice to hear that. Something I love about music is playing it with my dad, and I wondered what his experience playing with other people was like. Oh, it's it's really nice because, you know, it's... It's a dialogue in a way. It's not just music, but also there is a conversation going on in many cases between the different players. I mean, when we play together, I can, you know, I can see that you're answering or you're setting the tone and I'm answering and stuff. So it's not just, it's, it's like, a, it's very different than playing alone. You know, when you play alone, you're in your own mind, but when you're interacting, it's a conversation. And uh, and you can still create, and what you create in, in you know most of the time is even richer than what you create alone because you know it's more than one mind in sync, <laughs> so it's really nice. he wants my brother and I to keep playing music and he told me why it's something that you know 
makes you makes you I don't know a happier person in a way he's right at the end of the day that's why we play and that's why we do what we do it's why we spend time with the people we love it's why we go to see new things it's why we play music because it makes us happy in my family music makes us happy so we make music think about our most memorable high school experiences, we remember all those big school events. Football games, prom, rallies, graduations, the memories that we forge with our friends. You'd never think that selling chips and guacamole to your classmates during the free period would constitute as one of the best times in high school. But for my dad, nothing could have made him feel happier. You see, my father fled to the U.S. in the 1980s during the Salvadoran Revolution, seeking asylum but it was almost as though his situation had went from bad to worse. It was a brisk day when my dad, who was just a teenage boy, arrived in San Francisco. All he brought to the U.S. were a few belongings in his bag, along with his four older brothers to look after him. When he left his home country, my dad left behind not only his parents, but his friends, culture, language, and school. The only life he knew. After a few months of working odd jobs with his brothers, a family friend told my dad that, legally speaking, he had to attend high school. So he enrolled in James Eugene McAteer High School. My dad didn't know a word of English and didn't know a soul in the school, let alone the fact that he had only completed up to sixth grade back in El Salvador. Now the only ninth grader with the full mustache and beard, my dad had to start fresh. He would have made lots of friends right away, but most of the kids that took ESL classes with my militarily raised dad were gang-affiliated. Not exactly what my dad had in mind for a friend group. When he saw the beautiful soccer field down in Glade Canyon, he jumped at the opportunity to join the soccer team, where he excelled. He made some new friends, but he still kind of felt like that immigrant kid. My father wanted to make a change in his school. He had noticed that there were some racial and cultural clubs, but no one had taken it upon themselves to start a Latino club, even though there was a large Latino community at the school. My dad and his new buddies from soccer, hopeful and full of enthusiasm, took the chance and started their own club, and the hundreds of Latino students at the school took interest. My dad won the club's presidency by a landslide. His meetings packed the school's auditorium, and the school dances hosted by Latino club were the most beloved by students. But even with all these big events, to this day, my dad's most vivid memory of McAteer was when he and his fellow clubmates made and sold guacamole to the school during lunch as a fundraiser. Lines filled the cafeteria, and it didn't take long for the guac to sell out. In fact, my dad recalls that most kids were lucky to get some. For refugees like my dad, readjusting to their new lives can be much harder than living their old ones. He says he was lucky that he enjoyed learning. When my father looks back and tells me about his Hispanic and Latino club today, you can still hear the pride in his voice. Selling guacamole was more than a fun activity to do with friends. For my father, it meant a level of normalcy and a life plagued by uncertainty. Maybe he didn't know where his next meal was coming from, 
or if he was ever going to see his parents again, but he had his friends alongside him to help him out. With his club, my dad had something to call his own in a country where he didn't have much. Even if it was maybe for just a couple hours out of the day, my dad felt at home. They say you can't buy happiness, and I would say this is very true for my dad. All he needed was a little bit of courage and a lot of hope, and he could be what he had always dreamed of being, a normal teen. He had a- Okay guys, we are back, and don't forget that you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin' Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Yo Kali and Little Village. And I'm Camila. And I'm Marie. And what you guys just heard is three of the audio pieces that we that were for the What We Hold exhibition. So the first one was from our very own and beloved Daniel Diaz. From which, Yolo Kali. Which was my life, I think. And the two, um, Music We Keep, was by Kayla from the Contemporary Jewish Museum. And Chips and Guacamole from by David, from also from the Contemporary Jewish Museum. So talking about chips and guacamole actually kind of made me hungry. Yeah, I could go for some guac right now. Some chips and guac. But other than that, I think we should, like, we should talk about like some of the foods that we had in San Francisco. Ooh, okay, so... Right away, me and Mary were like in and out immediately because like we don't have in and out here in Chicago. We don't. So that had to be a num- number one opportunity over there in San Francisco. Yep. And let me tell you, the burgers were amazing. Truly, truly, truly. The fries. I mean, we did order animal style off that secret menu. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I don't know. I thought there was like the onions. I thought they were like, what was it? Bacon. I thought they were bacon. I'm like, oh, and they're like, oh, oh no, never mind. Then I was like, Mary, that's onion. And she was like, oh, I've been lied to. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also went to, I believe, Sylvia's Soul Food. Um, uh, no, I think it was Brenda's Soul Food. Brenda's Soul Food. There we had like uh, breakfast and stuff. Like, um, you had like, um, what did you have? I had some French to toast and it was amazing and it was thick <laughs> <laughs> and then we had some bunies bunies oh my Bun- god oh my god i felt like i was tiana and um, um princess and the frog yes i was actually really hoping there was honey though just like it would have been exactly that scene <laughs> to be honest but there was jelly homemade jelly like it tasted I don't know so if it was good jelly or a sp- it was jelly it was jelly it was so good like it was like you could tell it was homemade because they had yeah. a little jelly spoon like it's like everything and just like it tastes mm-hmm. like honey and it tastes like apple oh my god like it know. actually tastes like strawberries not like that like processed preservative trying yeah. to be no no it was just so it was so good especially it with the was bunnies. really good yeah and then we had some soup from i think it was ramen noodle soup from japantown wasn't yeah it? japantown yes very good loved it um it was too huge though that bowl was too big it was huge <laughs> i'm like and, can i take the go please right and i had some pork belly in mine and i was confused but it was good i had the regular chicken because i'm just like that i'm just like the basic you see i just wanted to try something new because we're all about trying so i'm all about trying something new I'm like YOLO. Speaking of something new, me and Mary practically tasted the ocean by trying oysters. And let's just say I did not like the ocean. Ocean I didn't did mind. not like me. I didn't mind. It was pretty good if you ask me. Yeah, ocean didn't like me and I didn't like ocean. Body did not like ocean. 
but I really did. But I think I'll try it again. You know, like because I I crunched and I bit it. Like you're supposed apparently you're supposed to slurp it. You're supposed to just swallow. Don't even think about it. Oh yeah, that 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 that. It was so good though. Yeah, I need to do that again. I need to do that, but without biting because. Oh my god, that was horrible. I never gagged so hard in my life. Not like, you know, no offense to people who like oysters, <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, me, oysters, not so much. Not so much. No. So Well, speaking Also of- that, we also like tried mochi ice cream as well. Oh yeah, well I, it wasn't my first time trying it, but we had it from Japantown. Yeah. And it was really good. I really liked the mango. That was actually my first time trying mochi ice cream. Really? So like trying passion fruit, which I never tried, and mochi ice cream together, like that was really good. Like that was uh-huh. everything. Everything I needed in life. Well, yes, yes, yes. Well, enough about food before we all get hungry. We're going to be playing some of the other um, audio pieces. So enjoy. Hope so. I remember my friend reading to me some of her poems and showing me some of her paintings she had done. At the moment, I didn't think of that much. I thought there were silly drawings and words scattered all over a paper. In fact, they weren't. I had despised her art, which later on was my only supplement of happiness. I would ask her over and over to let me read some of her other poems because they were so comforting and heartwarming. I had fallen in love with words, her words especially. I had fallen in love with colorful paintings and drawings. Her specifically. They only gave me a hint of her untreated heart and her wandering mind. This is when I started to write and read others' art. I had a jungle of words and untold personal stories lined up to be heard. I learned to clear my thoughts and let my mind and the pencil that I hold flow. My brain is a seed and late at night is when it blooms and its colored petals paint the blank pages of my notebook. When you open up my book, you're taken away from this world and subdued into my fantasy. And every time you flip the page, each written poem is an episode of my life. Or sometimes, they're just fictional stories that are meant to be your way of imagining them. I live in a community filled with gangs and violent crime. And I believe that poetry is an escape from this reality. I believe that it's a lifestyle that you can live every day. It is a way for your voice to be heard and your chance to make a powerful statement. My parents come from Guerrero, Mexico. And if they had this when they were younger, they would have had a way to express themselves. They would have been able to write about their lifelong memories that were either good or bad, even I, as a child, don't know all of their stories, but I do know some of them. My dad once told me about his childhood and how it was filled with work and school. He had to wake up every day at six in the morning to feed the animals and do chores before they went to work. Although he didn't have a notebook to write down all he was telling me, he remembered this and was telling me about it, which made it significant. Even now he works three jobs in five days a week and gets very little sleep. But two days off isn't enough for us for him. You can see my dad is tired when he wakes up to go to work. You would think that all this hard work would age him very quick, yet there isn't a white strand of hair on top of his head. His determination to keep providing the best for his family has been passed down to me. 
this has helped me shape the person that I am today. Idol. It is you alone. You're left with no option other to keep on going. Your body feels tired. Your mind clouds up on your way to work. And it breaks my heart. At the same time, I am filled with guilt, fear, and I am unable to do nothing. I know you dream of a pocket full of money, but you know that, that it doesn't come easy. Everything in this world is earned, so you fill with determination. And so I inherit the person you are, so I can do the same for you, so I can do the same that you do for me, so I can give you the life that you always wanted. Like my eyebrows? They make me look evil, right? Yeah. Who is someone who made an impact on your life? Why are they the person who impacted you? Well, for me, my mom is the one person who has made a large impact in who I am. Why well, tell you what I tell you? Love you. I'm Zyra, 16 years old, and I believe I'm a funny, pretty, and caring person. My mom has taught me from a young age that she is not just my mother, but my best friend. If you keep being angry like how you are sometimes. My relationship with my mom is very silly and unique. <laughs> For some people, their relationship with their parents are not the way they would want it to be. How is your relationship with your parents? Well, in my case, my mom is a very hardworking parent of four kids. And when I get the chance to talk to her alone, her and I are very silly. I mean, we are weird. Don't I look like Maleficent? <laughs> she tells me how much she looks like a witch. What about my nose? It's pointing like a witch. And I just laugh at her because sometimes I really think that, but I would never dare to tell her. Yeah, that's how you're gonna look when you get my age. At times when my mom is talking about how she looks, she goes on and on about how fat she sees herself and that she needs to work out or go on a diet even. I wish that she would see herself through my eyes. Then this is when I sing this little weird song that I got from Adventure Time. I'm a buff baby that could dance like a man. I could shake him up, Penny. I could shake him, I can. I'm a tough tootin' baby. I could punch all your buns. Punch all your buns. I could punch all your buns. If you're an evil witch, I will punch you for fun. And then I punch her in the butt jokingly. My mom always told me that she loves the bond she has with me because it's something she never really had with her mom, which is why she is trying to change the family pattern to have a better connection with her kids, us. For me, the key to communication is being able to be vulnerable with my mom, allowing her to give me her opinion and thoughts on certain matters. This gives me the opportunity to show her that I can be responsible and trustworthy. This also helps me because if I'm struggling with anything, I feel comfortable going to her for wise advice. I want you to do good. Love you. Your music whack, yo. Your way of talking is whack, sir. But no, I got my music from my mom. When I was younger, my mom would blast her Spanish music when she cleaned at home and on the car rides to school, which she still does even now. When I was 10, my mom would put her Spanish music on full blast and my smaller Mexican self would try to sing, or more like scream, the fast Spanish. My mom is the kind of person who will match her entire outfit to one color. 
put her hair up in a makeshift bun and not care. Laugh ridiculously hard at mom jokes and blast your music up, windows down, and not give a single care in the world. And now me, being 15, I only know a few words to those songs. I inherited her taste a lot more than I care to admit. And from it, I diverged from it as well. Mom, what gives your life meaning? My two beautiful daughters, Sylvia and Sarah. Tell me about your youth years. My youth years. My youth years. My youth years when I was younger. I loved to play outside. I loved going to school. Um, I loved watching TV, especially music videos. It was an awesome adventure when I was young. When I came into my teenage years, it was a little bit more challenging due to different styles, different people. Uh, we were introduced to breaking, which is a dance form that was out. Um, I used to love to roller skate. It was something that was pretty cool. The music was one of them. I used to love to listen to music, different type of music. I was into a lot of hip-hop and freestyle. Um, but I got married. I got married pretty young. I was 17 when I got married. An amazing life of being married. Different. I went to, I went on a lot of vacations. Uh, I returned to get my GED. Moved a lot. Came back home. And your music? My music now, I like, I like bachata, reggaeton, freestyle, cumbia, sonideras, country. I listen to all sorts of music. My best, best one for me to listen to are cumbias. But I'm, majority of music I do like. I grew up listening to freestyle, more freestyle and romanticas is what I grew up listening to. But other than that, I'm, I like all music. I inherited her taste a lot more than I can admit. And from it, I diverged from it as well. Finding and liking a few different types of music, heavy metal, alternative, Korean pop, and much more. What do you think about today's music? Today's music, to back then, it has a lot of swearing. Some music doesn't even have any meaning to compare to back then. It's uh, the language to now to then. Also, it's very different. It's like some, some of these songs, it's like they have no respect or they're disrespecting the females. So it's, it's, it's very different to the music back then to the way it is now. She doesn't want to admit it, but I can tell. She likes today's music, my taste of music. Singing and humming along to the songs when I put them on during our long car raids. Usually, in our small family of three, it seems like there is always music around. Whether it's sad and quiet, happy and loud, it's always there, surrounding us. I like to believe my sister's taste in music was because of my mom and me. She's inherited both our tastes, but she definitely won't admit it. But don't tell her I told you. <laughs> I called you last night in the hotel Everyone knows but they won't tell But their half-hearted smiles tell me something just Hey, what's up, guys? You are, don't forget that you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin' Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolkali, and Little Village. And don't forget that you are listening to the What We Hold show. I'm Camila. And I'm Marie. And those were our some of the Yolkali's um, What We Hold sound pieces. So the first one you heard was Idol by Balta Cesar. 
And my the sec- mom, wait, yeah. oh, sorry, sorry for interrupting. My mom from Zyra Her- Herrera and then the Inherit, which I did. Yeah, and I loved it. All really good pieces. And like, then how they were like talking about like the importance and stuff like that. Let's talk about the importance of our trip. Of course. So the literary, 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 um, is what we hold. Teen Voices aims to expand this archive and record of stories, perspectives, and contributions directly from the voices of young people today. What we hold. Teen Voices invites teens to respond to the questions: What collected or inherited moments in your life has shaped you? who you are today what are the legacies you have inherited which ones will you keep and which ones will you reject confronting and challenging the many spoken and unspoken histories and legacies that we carry with us daily what we hold hopes to create a timely portrayal of the young voices today I kind of feel like, you know, like some for these uh, three pieces that just went by right now, like I kind of feel like they talked about the importance of like their family. Definitely, definitely. Like yeah. that was like the main topic for like all of them, especially like I think uh, for um, Zyra's, like my mom, just like, like talking about like how important it is like that she sees her through a different lens of what mm-hmm. her mom sees herself. And what I really liked about the trip is that we all like met people with like similar um like similar stories to ours like Like, we're all not that different honestly even though we do come from like different places different time zones since they're like two hours behind correct so like it just it's just like so interesting seeing people like you know same taste same topics like same thought train like wow you think the same way as i do even though you come from another another place in another time zone just so wow definitely and i feel like I really, really, really liked how um, how everybody was unique, yet we still kept that same type of, like, flow, m- flow going, you get me? Like, I really liked um, all of the song pieces I really enjoyed listening to. And I also enjoyed listening to um, their backgrounds and what has shaped them. And you can definitely tell that what they presented definitely impacted them, and you can definitely see that in them. I think, like, while we're talking about, like, impacting, like, I kind of feel like for, like, the trip, like, it was, like, really impacting towards me, because, like, this is my first time on a plane, and I'm pretty sure this is your second time, or? Uh, many, many, many times. <laughs> Can't even count on both my hands, but, like, <laughs> I kind of feel like it was, like, a lot of impactful for my mom, especially, like, that kind of trust mm-hmm. that, like, she do- she doesn't trust me, like, going to another place other than Chicago. Like, she really just trusts me going to, like, going to school. She's, like, make sure you get out, make sure you call me, just, like. I don't know, like, she just didn't, like, not that she didn't trust me, just, like, she was, like, kind of scared for me, mm-hmm. just, like, what happens if something happens, like, she was, like, overworked. I can't let my little bird out of the nest. It's, like, not yet, like, mom, I'm barely 16, <laughs> just, like, I don't know, like, I kind of feel like it was important for both of us, like, me going out of, like, the nest, quote-unquote, and, like, just, like, seeing things that I haven't seen and trying to experience new experiences, especially like, just going to different places and seeing the Contemporary Jewish Museum, especially, and, like, talking to the director and the assistant director and just, like, talking and then having her knowing that I'm somewhere else, you know? Yeah. Like, I kind of feel like that was impactful. What about you? What I found impactful was just the overall, I don't 
honestly like i feel like that trip definitely impacted me as a creator because listening to other sound pieces kind of influenced me and kind of like molded me to like you know step up my game you get me because there was so much talent in one room and it was like you know you really feed off of each other's energies and i think that's one of the main focuses of this is to feed off of each other and us as creators and not only creators but as youth to kind of you know take a little bit from everything that we encountered and just make it into something that other people can not only impact from but learn from yeah and relate to well that was really deep camilla oh i mean when you don't say something i think you always say something deep so i'm like i'm not surprised <laughs> well if you want to hear more let's roll some of the audio pieces sure so like what's up first Spanglish. Spanglish by Ariel. I hope you guys enjoy. The word Spanglish would never come to anyone's mind because many Spanish-speaking families have been using it since they arrived from Mexico to the U.S., making them adjusted to it and indirectly passing it throughout the generations. So much, in fact, that not even their own kids would tell the difference. In the interview that I did over the subject of Spanglish with my mother, although it would be interesting to tell about her past and how her journey was to find from Mexico to the U.S. during the interview, I just preferred to hit the backbone of the subject to find the answer I was looking for. I got some pretty interesting information over why Spanish speakers use Spanglish. It was an eye-opening interview. I hope you enjoy. Oh, lo utilizo porque no, no aprendí bien la, el inglés. Entonces, hay momentos que... que uno no puede completar una frase en inglés y la completas con el español. Te vas familiarizando con ciertas palabras en inglés y entonces ahí es donde combinas el español y el inglés. Pero cuando uno no, no sabe bien el idioma inglés es cuando empiezas a mezclar el español con el inglés. Ciertas palabras de comida o todo lo vas utilizando pero no acabas la frase en inglés porque no, no la sabes completa, entonces utilizas español con inglés y ahí se va formando el español. My mother was telling me that Spanglish became a common use for her because of her necessity to communicate with Americans. She being a Mexican and Spanish being her main language, she has to rely on words that were familiar to her, but since it would come out broken, she mixed it with her Spanish to make it seem more understandable. Ah, mi opinión del Spanglish es que no definimos el inglés y no definimos el español. Entonces está formando este un vocabulario nuevo, una lengua nueva, un lenguaje nuevo, pero no define nada. No define ni el inglés ni define el español. Entonces, tanto perjudica una lengua como la otra. Perjudica el español, que es muy bonito, y perjudica el inglés, porque no definimos el inglés y no definimos el español. For the second question, she gave her opinion on the use of Spanglish. Although she uses her lingo more often than not, she certainly doesn't like using Spanglish one bit, adding that it removes the purity of the language, and the only reason she uses it with us, my brothers and I, is to better make us understand her. Although my question was quite confusing and I drifted the conversation of it off its course a little bit, in the end she caught what I was trying to say. Para mí es, es, es más bonito hablar bien el idioma inglés y hablar bien el idioma español. Para mí no es correcto, pero ya ese lo han sacado algo nuevo 
ya como una moda, un modismo, pero para mí, porque el español es muy bonito y están distorsionando ya los dos lados, inglés y español. Entonces cuando tú hablas este, el español, pues no te van a entender mucho. Estás hablando inglés, español, inglés, pues ¿qué estás diciendo? Alguna gente no te va a entender. Es algo nuevo que quizás para mucha gente es bueno. Para mí es como incorrecto, pero bueno, es algo nuevo que está pasando con la juventud y con mucha gente. Although it seems a little bizarre to her that it has expanded so much, like if it was its own language, it has become something trendy among the Hispanic community and feels like it is something that is a natural phenomenon. Hi, I'm Chloe and this is my story. Family is very important to me. The importance of family gatherings and connections has been passed down to me from generation to generation. Lador Vador. I am fortunate enough to grow up nearby and go to school with most of my cousins. I've always had a close relationship with my six grandparents as well as my great-grandmother. My great-grandmother, Rose, passed away in 2012 and I feel so appreciative to have had her in my life for my first 11 years. My great-grandparents are from Germany, and one day, when my great-grandmother was in her early 20s, she had her parents over for lunch while my great-grandfather was at work. While they were enjoying a nice afternoon, they heard a pounding at the door. Her mom ran over to see who was at the door. It was the Nazis coming to strip them from their home and take them away. Right before they were leaving with the Nazis, my great-grandmother said she needed to go to the bathroom. Little did they know that my creative grandmother was writing a note in lipstick on the bathroom mirror for her husband to see when he got home. The note said where they were going and where he should go to find them. She left the lipstick and went away with the Nazis, hoping that my great-grandfather would come to save them. Since I'm here to tell their story, you can guess he read her note and saved them. He followed her instructions and went to where the Jews were being held. My brave great-grandfather stood on tables, yelled, and did everything in his power to convince the Nazi officials they had made a terrible mistake by taking his family. He persuaded them to release my great-grandmother and my great-great-grandparents, Charlotte and Jacob, who I am named after. I'm very proud of my name and my ancestors who always put family first. File 7905D. Case assigned to Agent 102103, dated in fall of October 2003. The Sibling Project, code name, The Family, on revision. There is a family in Pilsen, a dangerous family of four, a family intoxicated with love and anger between one another. Be cautious of them. Together, their power makes them unstoppable. The four create a force so strong so potent, so powerful, that no man, no woman, can ever tear apart. No matter how far they are from one another, their strength is still too powerful. Approach at your own risk when spotted. Be aware as they may begin fights among them, but sooner or later, they may come to a conclusion. Furthermore, although their aggression makes them fight more than usual, at the end of the day, 
they will always come to a closure and be there for one another. This family is so many things that are unimaginably true. They are sweet, honest, relatable, harsh, dangerous, and last but not least, a family. Revision finalized. File closed. guys, what's up? You are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Studio Yokali in Little Village. And don't forget, you are listening to the What We Hold radio show. I'm Camila. And I'm Marie. And what you just heard are some audio pieces. The first one was Spanglish from our very own Ariel. The second one was my great grandmother my great grandmother's survival from a Chloe. from Chloe from the Jewish Community High School of the Bay. Yeah. Of the Bay. And then it was sibling by our very own Adrian. So now that we're talking about like what is it? Like they were talking about like siblings and they were talking about their grandmothers yeah. for their great grandmother's grandmother's survival that wasn't so obvious in the title and along with the uh, Spanglish talking about their mother. Yeah. So we're going to talk about places we visited in San Francisco. So, what was like so some of the places that we visited was not only the Jewish Museum, we also visited some of th- through our Uber drivers. We also visited Japantown. We visited Oh, snap. That was we visited <laughs> the Full House. We visited the like she said Japantown. We visited the um, drop Oh yeah, the dwarf, dwarf. What was it? Wharf. Some yeah. There we go. The Fisherman's Wharf. Um, yeah. There you go. There we tried. What is it? Uh, goodness. Like we, I know we walked down there. We tried In and Out Burger from right there. Oh yeah, we did. We did. We did. I remember. <gasps> we Mauricio! met a seal. We met a Miguel. Was it Maria? Cause like, wasn't it someone come up and just like, oh my little baby? I'm like, oh wait, never mind. Oh yeah, that was Maria. fun. This is why you should never pu- uh, propose gender pronouns on something you don't know of. Yeah, it just looked like a Miguel doll. Yes, it did, and it was adorable. We it took was pictures. So cute. And then with that, we also dro- uh, stopped by the Dropbox headquarters in San Francisco. Oh, that was really yes. fun. Their burgers are awesome. The oh my god, the handcrafted ice cream was everything. I though. know Dropbox HQ is the. F- is the place to go, the place to work, dude. Also, shout out to Abraham who did give us a little visit. Yeah, shout out to you. He also took us to an awesome ramen place, and he took us to go see a sunset. Literally, and he chose like this, like this um weird uh natural phenomenon, like you see like the sun cl- going down and then it's gone. I know you have not seen a sunset till you go to california yeah. honestly i thought i knew what a sunset was but you really don't apparently you don't when you go there you're just like whoa and like i know then we also went to go visit the golden gate bridge oh that was really fun honestly i thought like i was gonna fall i was like oh my god this is so terrifying but it's so beautiful the city and everything it's just like, the skyline it's so pretty and then like at the base of like where the what is it when you go enter into the golden gate bridge there's like a suck like a bunch of succulent plants everywhere like it's beautiful it's like dramatically beautiful like like you know succulent plants are like uh like desert plants kind of and it's like it's just seeing them grow out of nowhere out of cracks it's like 
whoa, magical, majestic even. When you right. Just, oh my goodness. Like, nature over there was beautiful. But other it than was. just, like, talking about In-N-Out and the Golden Gate Bridge and Dropbox Headquarters, shout out to Abraham again. But, like, you know, like, what else did you like to the be over there? painted lady. Oh my god, that too. I almost forgot about that. That was so much fun. And then it w- there was, like, a dog park right there, and I've never seen so many dogs. I wanted to adopt them all. They were so cute. I'm pretty sure you just can't adopt them all. I mean, that you're basically just depriving of the poor, like, dog parents, bro. I know. I'm sorry. But they were so cute. And they were all playing. And they were all having fun. And I was like, oh. I think one of them. Didn't, wasn't there, like, an even, like, a uh, little was, uh, what was it, a uh, water fountain for them? Oh, yes. They had their own. And then they had a stand for, like, where owners can get food. And where they had doggy chinos. Bro, like. I'm over here thinking, like, San Francisco is doing a lot more than, like, us Chicagoans be doing with the dogs. Honestly, it was so much fun to just see everything. And San Francisco has so much history. Like, we went we went to, like, this um, Latino community. And it wasn't really, like, just Latino. Like, I saw a Chinese place. And then I saw a Mexican food place. Then I saw some burgers. And then I was like, oh, my God. Like, is this really Latino? Like, all <laughs> this diversity question, and just the street art was amazing. I mean, Surely. you know, I still have to, like, rep Chicago because, you know, we strong for street art. Yes. But San Francisco did have really nice street art. Exactly. Oh, honestly. And then that f- um, food, that Mexican food restaurant that we went to as well. Uh, well. That burrito was huge, bro. For me, at least. <laughs> well, my tacos, like, they were okay. Oh, you dissing? You dissing? Not really dissing, because, like, Mexican food in Chicago is so much better. In my opinion. In my opinion. Don't take me for it. Please don't attack me, but, yeah. I actually really liked that place, and then when we were walking down, especially at night. Like it did? Like it did, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, my. That's not even a word. I'm sorry. I'm over here thinking, that's a place? No. But I did really like, there we go, like, um, how we were walking down, we were just seeing all this art, and it was, like, that historic uh church that was painted. Oh, yes. I was like, dang. And then they had it repainted. And, like, you know, like, our little tour guide, PJ, shout out to that one as well. Just, like, telling mm-hmm. us all the history behind it. And then there was, like, a bunch of other places that did art. Like, that was also connect over here for YOLO, I think. I'm not really sure. Don't quote me on that. But, like, it was just, like, so pretty just seeing all the art that's, like, like has, like, a different style. But, like, a similarity to, like, what we do over here in Chicago as well. It's, like wow, I'm seeing a mirror or, like, a reflection of what I'm seeing over here. We also went to the Union Square. Oh, yeah. How do I forget about the Union Square? The Union Square was so nice. Everything was so pretty. We saw the Gucci store, the Louis Vuitton store. Like, we saw everything. I was like, damn. Honestly, I felt too poor to be there. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) Too poor to be there. I'm just like, I don't even have enough money to buy Gucci anything. I don't even... I love how we, like, took photos, but we're just like, yeah, we're too poor to go into those stores. Yeah. We took pictures outside of it, so we could kind of say that we were there, but we weren't really there, but we were there so don't quote me on that we just took pictures outside the store and we left and we walked away there was also like what is it an ice cream museum but we there was oh, an ice cream yes, in there that, the ice cream museum and we tried getting tickets but vanessa got tickets like she was gonna get them on the spot but she accidentally got the tickets that were like two months away next year i think even i'm just like wait what and apparently about that it's just like there's no ice cream in there it's called ice cream, but it's like there's no ice cream Mary in there. Mary was like, she was like, oh, I want some ice cream. We were like, Mary, there's not actual There's not ice actual cream ice cream in there. I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling lied to. I feel like these kids are lied to because like, 
They're there's expecting no I- ice cream. Yeah, but okay, there's no ice cream. That makes no sense, though. Like, what? But other than that, like, we went to, like, a bunch of different places. We went to the ferry building where we tried the oysters. I, oh, my, I don't even remind me. I'm just like, ugh. We never went back from our root beer float. Oh, my God, we didn't. We never d- I am hurt. I'm just, like, so mad right now. Please don't remind me. But, yeah, Dropbox HQ had so many cool stuff. Like, there was a cereal bar, dude. There was a cereal bar that was, like, different levels of different stuff. Like, there was, like, a sleeping room where, basically, you can watch a movie or just sleep. Like, I saw, like, when we went there, there was this one girl just, like, napping. And I'm just like, I want to be here. And there was <laughs> another one where it's, like, a library where it's just, like, dead silent. Like, you can hear somebody's breathing. I'm just like, whoa. And, and then it- we also went to Lombard Street. Oh, my God, that too. You know, this squeaky- It was so cool. Like, it's so steep that you literally have to, like- there's stairs instead of sidewalk. It's so steep. Oh, yeah, because, like, it's like, oh, my God, I thought it was funny because a lot of people were getting in line to go for it. I'm like, what are you doing? Right. And I thought that was so crazy. scary. I'm just like, what is happening? Like, especially, but, like, I don't think we talk about this enough, like, but the hills there in San Francisco are insane. Like, all the way up, like, too steep and all the way down too steep. Like, I remember this one time our Uber driver was like, this mm-hmm. is fun. And I saw the sign. I'm like, sleepery when went. I'm like, wait, what? And, like, we went That's straight where we're down. Fu- wait, funny story. That's for our funny stories, Mary. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. I'm just like, but, like, the hill, just, like, just talking about hills, though, just, like, y'all, like, San Francisco, like, shout out to you. Like, I'm, like, happy that y'all, like, know how to drive over there and, like, right. know not to drive. I'm just like... <laughs> And then we also went to an amazing bookstore there. Oh my god, yes. I thought that was the like... The Howl, so- I believe it was. I think it was... And there was like, was it three floors? It was three floors. And then I got a Sylvia Plath poetry book because they had a poetry room. And I was like, yes, this is where I belong. Honestly, you know? I didn't get a book. I did not bring enough money. I wish. I brought it. I, I bought it. And I was like, oh, special edition? But there was this one book that I didn't want to get, though, called, what is it, Remarkable, no, yeah, I think it was called Remarkable Women by Rebecca, Rebecca, Rebecca I don't even know how to say a word, but I know the last one, last name was Gay, but I can't remember what the name was, something Remarkable Woman or Invisible Woman, and I really liked it at the beginning of it, and I really wanted to continue, but I didn't get to finish it, and I didn't get to buy it, but I will buy it somewhere, sometime, or somewhere, so, anything else to add? Hmm... Let's see, what else did we do? We did a lot of walking. Like, a lot. On my sweat coin, I literally just got, like, $4. And I thought that did was amazing. Did you reach to, like, 6 I reached to 6 and I was, like, so surprised because I never went up to there. I only went up to, like, $0.04 cents or, like, $0.06 cents or, like, maybe a dollar once in a while. But, like, $6, I'm like, whoa. And I just had to keep telling myself, I'm like, you got to get more money. You just gotta get more money just if you gotta, gotta keep it. walking. Just gotta do it. Plus, in our last day, we went all over the place. Literally. We went all over the place. We went... The first thing we did, I believe, that we went to... Man, it's because it was like a very like... Hazy day. Hazy day. Like, we went to Japantown. Then we went to... um Daiso. Daiso. We went to, oh, we visited Daiso. Yeah, like, literally, I never met a place, I never been to a place, like, you know, of, like, Asian, just, like, of Asian culture, like, like, that's, like, not expensive. I know, it was dirt cheap. It was, like, it was dirt cheap, it was, like, a dollar fifty cents or a dollar fifty. I'm just, like, seriously, I can't, like, this is a steal, this is not true. I didn't even look at the prices until, like, I noticed, and I was, like, <gasps> 
oh my god like i need to get out of here this is dirt cheap this is stealing basically like oh my god i saw an awesome shirt like it was so cool it was it just looked really dope and i was like man I want it, but they didn't have my size. It was like a bunch of, oh, especially like along with going to Japan, there was like a like a big hall where we did go like to Daiso, and there was like a bunch of other places as well. Um, I know there was a place above Daiso, and that's where we got our uh, mm-hmm. mochi ice cream from. So good. And there was like a bunch of other places. There was an anime store too. I'm just like, <gasps> they had all the keychains. I didn't <laughs> buy anything, and then they had earrings, and I'm like no, and they had beauty products, and I'm like no, and I didn't spend so anything. So many things, so many things. I'm gonna go have to go back with like a thousand dollars, and I like, come back with nothing. Well, so that conclu- that doesn't conclude anything, but like that's basically what we did in San Francisco. It was so much fun. We really enjoyed the trip. So shout out to YOLO for like sending us because we experienced so many awesome things. And for you guys to experience more awesome things, we're going to continue with the audio pieces. But first, we have to do the station ID. You are listening to WLPN LP Chicago, 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio, broadcasting live from Studio I YOLO Kali in Little Village. Hi, my name is Seth. And let me tell you the story of my love for the arts and the courage to embrace my originality. But first, tell me, when you think of art, what pops in your head? Most of you may be thinking of those fancy paintings or sculptures in museums. Yet, that's not the kind of art I'm referring to. I'm 16 years old, and for as long as I can remember, I've been watching cartoons, animes, movies, playing video games, and just for a while, reading graphic novels or comic books. What I love about it is the illustration and graphics and the details on characters, backgrounds, the different styles and processes to bring a story to life. Some of my memories of the toddler years that come repeatedly to my mind are me alone sitting in my room watching a Powerpuff Girls or the Barbie movie about fairies. Also, I would be watching my brothers play on their video game PlayStation 1 or later on their PlayStation 2. Sometimes I would play whether my brother liked it or not but it was only because I was a sore loser, which I don't blame them because I really was a bad sore loser. But that didn't make me stop playing. Among siblings, we could be mean and a bit rude some days, but that doesn't stop us to hang out together. So I would sometimes watch TV with my brothers, and of course, I would watch whatever they wanted. Like the usual Yu-Gi-Oh, Dragon Ball, SpongeBob SquarePants, etc, etc. It wasn't all bad. I like SpongeBob. And Dragon Ball, I was never really interested in it, even to this day. But I really love the way it looks, and that's why I would watch it. When I was around five years old, my mom and dad got divorced. I still remember the day we moved out of our house to live with my grandma. I just looked back at our old house and seen it getting smaller and smaller as we drove. After that day, things did change, but my love for cartoons and video games didn't. My mom started dating a man. I don't like to mention his name. Those were some dark times. He was a tattoo artist, and my eye would catch his drawings that he would lay around. Then my brother, the second oldest, started to draw too. I liked the way the drawings looked. It was a familiar style. It was the same style of my cartoons and video games. Then it clicked. And the reason why I love cartoons and video games, it wasn't just for the stories or the little comedies, but it was because of their art style. From that day, I started to draw. I would draw stuff for my mom, my dad, my stepmom, and all the time, basically. Time passed by, and courage would be my new challenge. 
In fifth grade, I would try to draw people from a side view on a note card. I did this for a while, then I finally showed one to my classmates. And she said it, it looked like a fish, but I explained to her that it was a person. Then somehow we decided that we'll have a drawing competition on who can draw the best fish. Me or her. When we finished, we showed our teacher. He said my classmate's fish was better than mine, and I got discouraged and stopped drawing after that day. The next chapter in my book. Seventh grade, graphic novels, comics, and YouTube videos. Seventh grade has started, and I wasn't a big fan of reading during this time. We had these reading logs, and I would usually fill out the reading log, although I never read a book. And I got caught by my teacher, Mr. Stoddard. Instead of him getting angry or giving attention or calling my mom, he actually asked me what I was interested in. And of course, I said video games and cartoons. Then he suddenly went to his library, went over to an unknown section, took out a book, and gave it to me. Try reading this book, he said. At that point, I was a little shook. And what he gave me was a graphic novel. The art and the comics and graphic novels were freaking amazing. I fell in love with it. Then something strange was happening to my eyes after I started reading graphic novels and comics. I started to notice all the art around me, especially from YouTubers. And what I mean from that is the fan art that YouTubers would get. And I've seen some really bad ones. However, the point was that the fan had the courage to draw something that wasn't compared to be one of the best drawings and yet to show it to the internet where millions of people can see it. I realized those drawings were exposed to criticism. They must have been extremely confident with themselves. One day, as a school assignment, I had a book report and I had to compliment with a little art project for the book we were reading. Mine's was a book series called The Amulet. So I did a little drawing for the book and made a necklace that contributed to it. On the due date, everyone had to present as a part of an art exhibit. I was so anxious because I was afraid that my drawing wasn't good enough and I would get rough feedback. But it was the total opposite. My classmates came over in awe of my drawing and even my teacher was surprised by it. And it made me feel happy, confident, and encouraged. And since that day, I haven't stopped drawing. I draw as much as I possibly can, which actually lead me to my career of wanting to be an animator and create my own video games with my brothers since they all want to be video games designers too. All these experiences in my life have taught me to be in love for the arts and the courage to embrace my originality. So tell me again, when you think of art, what pops in your head? Around eight years ago, I took a long walk with my dad. I was discussing with him about a song that my first grade class was going to perform. I didn't really know what the song was called, so in short phrases, I told him that it started with one, two, three, four, can I have a little more? My dad told me that this name of the song was called All Together Now by the Beatles. Since I didn't really know who the Beatles actually were at the time, I asked him who they were. He explained to me that they were a British rock and roll band from the early 60s to the early 70s. He was telling me that almost around five or seven, he, my father, started listening to the Beatles. During those times, he told me that he heard them in a small battery radio. Every time when the radio host announced the song of the Beatles, Ladies and gentlemen, 
My band saw his brothers would go and turn the radio volume up and listen. He told me that he had heard many of their songs, but he forgot about some until I mentioned All Together Now to him. Then he took me home. When we got home, he turned on the CD player and put the Beatles White Album. Then I decided to skip some songs and then heard a song that made me feel pretty sad. The song was called Blackbird. It made me feel this odd feeling of sadness. When I heard the song play, I told my dad what was the meaning of the song. He couldn't tell me what it meant because he too didn't find the meaning of the song. After this song, I started listening to Help and Yesterday. I was in 7th grade when I started listening to the Beatles again, since I completely stopped listening to them. Then I started hearing this specific album called Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band album. This album made me revive the feeling that I had to their music since the first time I listened to them. What I also noticed was the shift of the type of music they played. The themes went from being happy, young and having girls, to being a psychedelic and serious different kind of band. One of the songs from this album called Within You, Without You. This song makes me wonder in my thoughts because of how slow the song starts and ends with, especially the way George Harrison sang the song. I started hearing other songs from the Beatles that I really never heard about. One of these songs was called Strawberry Fields Forever. This song had a really weird vibe at the beginning, but then the song became really weird at the end. As the song begins to zoom out, the song starts to play a trumpet noise. And then, as it begins to zoom out, John Lennon says, Cranberry Sauce. There has been theories going on about the song that they say at the end. It actually says, I buried Paul. But it was debunked by John Lennon in an interview. Another song that was debatable as well was Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. People said that the song actually stands for LSD. And if you listen to the lyrics closely, it talks about having experience while taking LSD. But the song's meaning was also debunked by John Lennon. Even though these conspiracies are around their music, I don't really care because the Beatles music is still good. The Beatles music, I feel, has been inherited to me from both of my parents, from my dad and mom. But I mostly take it from my dad. Me and my dad would sing the songs together at times. Him and me would listen to Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band and Abbey Road. The way I heard this from my mom is that she used to put the CD of the one album when I was young. But the real props goes to my dad. Every now and then, me and my dad sit in a table, listen to any Beatles album. We talk about life, his memories as a child, and my childhood memories. Memories that we are creating together through which for us is one of the best bands and group of geniuses of all times forever. What's up, guys? You are listening to WLPA Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yol Kali, and Little Village. And don't forget that you are listening to the What We Hold show. I'm Camila. And I'm Marie. So, so far, we just finished listening to My Love for the Arts by Lizette Nunez and The Beatles by Sebastian Ramirez. From yes, that were, from our from Yo Kali, you know, yours truly. I really liked it, the Beatles one. Like, I never get to hear like, I don't know, like anything about the Beatles. Like, I do hear like, oh, you know, that's the oldies and stuff like that. But like, someone like relating to it, like with their family, just like I don't know, like I never hear about that. So, let's recap a little bit of what 
is the museum and what is what we hold. <laughs> what is what so we hold? the literary, you know, literal, literal, literal is. What we hold, Teen Voices, will be a platform for teens to produce audio commentaries to explore the inherited and collected legacies shared between the generations across culture, space, and society. Teens will be supported by the Contemporary Jewish Museum's team of museum educators, creators, technologists, as well as through the site visit to national, nationally recognized youth organization Youth Speaks in San Francisco and Youth Radio in Oakland. With compelling storytelling and Fresh perspectives, what we hold, teen voices will be providing teens a rewarding opportunity to share unique narratives in their own words with a wide audience using existing technology for a deeper and broader understanding of contemporary young life in the Bay Area and beyond. Well, that was a lot to take in. <laughs> that was a lot to take in, but you know what? It was totally worth it for doing this. Yeah, and they also mentioned what we hold Teen Voices is designed to provide a platform for young people to tell their perspectives in their own words, which is what we did. Basically, it's audio pieces, yes. And engage young people with the intergenerational and cross-cultural conversations on history, legacy, and memory. Which we did do because we did just travel from, you know, Chicago to San Francisco and talked about what we did over here. Facts. And empower teens to create and produce their own audio stories, expanding and creating meaningful relationships with existing technology. And we did that. Which we did because we did influence a lot from that trip. Exactly, like a lot. Like you looked at everything different, and then you looked at like yourself differently. And you're like, wow, and you came back different. And speaking about different and coming back, it is also to strengthen youth voice by providing space and audience to share their valuable stories. Okay, that one hits really close to home. Just like it uh, really does. It all flows. And lastly, collect, document, archive, and share teen voice with diverse perspectives today. I kind of feel like most of these audio pieces did just like change perspective for everyone. Yeah, that's exactly what what we hold did. You know, even if we didn't talk about family, you know, family's a big part, but also we learn from experiences ourselves, and those are also shared. Like also like also like amazing. Like like learning like from yourself, not really from like a family experience, but like getting to know what yourself is, not really your much your family is like important like really important actually yeah and having a space for teens to just be teens and express themselves is very important because i feel like the youth has so much to say so much to say and like i kind of feel like they're judged so like a place where like we aren't judged is like amazing right like yolokali the the oakley school for the arts Oakland High School. Oh, that's what I say. Basically. Well, yeah, and like the, the Jewish Museum. The Contemporary Jewish Museum was like there's like a place where like we can just be us, like and not mm-hmm. judge, not say, oh, these kids nowadays, these teenagers have no respect. Like we just get to be teens and we get to like show people like we're not the typical teen. Right. Which, speaking of which, this is Mary's favorite honestly, sound piece. Honestly, shout out to the per- Emma, like from Oakley High School. I know it was it Oakley High School. Like no, it was Oakley School oh, for school the f- Arts. I was close. I was close. Oakley School for the Arts. So and it's like stra- it's strange woman, and it's like it talks about uh, what is it individual? Well, I'll let in a little bit. I'll just like let it explain itself. But like it talks about individualism for herself, and I'm pretty sure a little bit of other people, but mostly based on her. And I really, really like the way it is. it's like so weird. It's like so weird, but like 
weird enough for you to like just to keep listening. Yep. So Emma, this is for you. With the toilet. A woman who does not own her strangeness is still a girl. I stare at the slope of my small breasts. I stare at my jack-o'-lantern eyes. I take a bite of cereal and narrow my eyes as I chew. I am naked except for socks. The toilet is next to me, saying hi. The sink is next to me, saying hi. The bathtub is next to me, but doesn't say hi, because it is asleep. It feels like the whole house is snoring. I have fallen into a new routine lately. I spend hours of the night in the bathroom, sitting on the toilet, but not going to the bathroom. Well, sometimes I start with peeing, but then for long periods of time, I will park there, running on empty, idling. I think that this has become my version of me time. During this time, I do often find myself naked. I never masturbate, I just look. I wonder why analyzing my body often feels even more indulgent than pleasuring it does. The bathroom looks different now, like a whole new room. As a child, I snaked through it, light and slick, having no need to clean myself. When I was young, it mainly served as a passage between my shared bedroom with my brother and my mother's bedroom. I was a horrible, aching insomniac, in turn slipping into their bed inevitable. Fear kept me up, but what I was afraid of changed nightly. Sometimes I held my stomach and feared that I had been chosen for immaculate conception, like Mary, who I had been cast to be in my preschool's play, but had pretended to be too sick to go on stage. Sometimes I feared vampires lurking under my bunk bed, pulling the covers off of me. Like every moment was a tense quiet right before a jump scare in a horror movie, waiting for it. Sometimes I feared that I had a disease and was infecting people without knowing it. Leprosy, skin lice, butthole worms. I used to thrash around and make waves in our small old bathtub and then lay on my back like an otter, letting the burning hot water rock me as it slowly cooled down. Once the water was dead and cold, I'd get up and towel myself off and stand in front of the mirror. Already I felt potential energy buzzing in my hips and breasts and urged them not to come. I loved the way my undeveloped chest looked exactly like a boy's, the same nipples and everything. I was at the top of the roller coaster, and the gravity of puberty was going to pull me down. With the wet hair. I have been using the same conditioner for years, but it just now started to work. I wonder why this is, and it often leads me to believe in God or whatever. I think sometimes, no matter how much can dish you dish, you just got to be ugly bish. That is my religious philosophy. I am very grateful for growing up ugly. It is why I'm so funny. Sometimes I catch myself wishing that I had been even uglier so that I'd be funnier right now. But things are how they are for a reason, and that's the point. I remember walking into my cousin's kitchen where she sat with my mormor, my grandmother. My mormor looked up into my damp, freshly showered face and said that maybe my hair would not be so flat if I used less conditioner. I felt an immediate desire to be a little boy again, even though I had given up on changing genders a couple of years before this. My mormor is classic with a twist, like Trader Joe's products. 
sriracha potato chips, mango lemonade. Somewhere in my brain, whether from picture or story or imagination, there is a black and white image of her as a child, standing naked at the shore of the Baltic Sea. She has white blonde hair and is either in the process of bending over or standing up, and she has a sand dollar in her hand. All this is not the first thing you notice in the picture. The first thing you notice is her ribs. Each one protrudes violently from her small bony body, an architectural endeavor. She looks back at the camera as if someone had called her name. Is she picking up the sand dollar or putting it back? As a baby, my hair was wispy ginger blonde. Puberty flat ironed my hair into a limp brown mass hanging off my head. At 18, my hair is now curlier than it has been since early childhood. I see it lift and bend and twist as it dries after a shower, like watching a sped up video of ivy growing. It sits rumpled now, and I often have trouble recognizing myself. My body changes too fast for me to get to know it. I whip my head over and my hair tumbles with it. Fingers in the hair, fingers in the hair. I whip my head back and my just hair tumbles with it. With the old razor. I began to shave my legs in sixth grade. Like many other things, I did it not because almost everyone else was doing it, but to be like the kids that naturally didn't need to. They had hardly any hair or see-through blonde hair. I had Irish and Jewish hair, thick and curly. My moms were dumbfounded by my choice, having never set the example of routine hair removal. Shaving was just for going to straight weddings, which we never went to. They told me, Emma, no one cares about your legs. They are thinking about their own middle school angst. I know, I told them, this is me thinking about my own middle school angst. With the magnifying mirror. More and more. She has this bathroom. She says, wait, I have to put my face on. She likes to cook, but not for herself. She has this denim cover for her couch. She loves hummingbirds. She has this way she says my name, with each of the five syllables chopped up. She talks a lot about endangered species. She likes working with her hands. She used to wear her hair in a bun every day until she cut it. I often wear mascara. Behind very thick and crispy black lashes, I watch people have grand debates about women and them wearing makeup. Sometimes I wonder who they are trying to convince. It's my war paint. It's bowing to patriarchal standards. I wear it for me. You look like a big old whore. It's an art form. It's an industry that exploits women's insecurities. For me, all I know is that I get much more positive attention when I'm wearing mascara, and I thoroughly enjoy positive attention. I'm not sure why more and more wears makeup, but it seems to be very important to her to look as young as possible. She is 78 and looks 78. With makeup, she looks like a 78-year-old with makeup. She is beautiful and has been beautiful for 78 years, in a molded clay way, a saturated eyes way, in a strong and careful touch way. It is startling when she expresses distaste for her own looks. It seems childish. It seems like she is thinking about her own middle school angst. My grandfather was gone long before he left. My mormor was left alone with the kids, constantly in strange lands, many of which were in the south. The fish tasted different. How did she end up so far away? 
For her 71st birthday, I got her a beautiful booklet that asked questions about personal history, asking her to pencil in her memories and experiences. I was going through a phase of obsession over the possibility of my family dying. If she wasn't going to be there forever, I wanted a tangible piece of her to be all set up and ready for me to cry over when she inevitably died. Despite being retired, she always had an excuse for why she hadn't filled out anything in the book yet. I was determined to get answers before she got too old or senile to remember anything, which I told her. More more, what if you get Alzheimer's? I won't know anything about you. You know plenty about me, Emma, she would tell me. Eventually, I stopped nagging her, as to not turn a gift into a burden. It struck me that maybe more and more didn't want to be remembered. As I came into myself, I began to understand that it wasn't that she wanted to be forgotten, but that she wanted us to remember her as perfect. The closer you look at more and more, the more you can see her flaws. She prefers to turn away the magnifying mirror. With the hot water. I began to masturbate at a very young age. I did it in the bathtub and put my little legs up on either side of the faucet. I became a riverbed and it felt really, really good. I knew what sex was and I knew I was simulating it. It felt deeply wrong because I thought I had lost my virginity in elementary school to the water. That makes me feel better sometimes to think that my ex didn't take my virginity. When I was 17 and 15 minutes, 12 of which were used trying to get it inside of me. As both drained, I watched them go as I sat, naked and cross-legged. Both left me dry and feeling a little guilty. I have been thinking about the way I love people. I have been thinking about the way my mothers love me, the way my more-more loves me, but doesn't know much about me. I have omitted many of my flaws for her, as she has always done for me. Since I'm approximately 76.5% flaws and 24.5% virtue, she is loving my skeleton by default. Even though she doesn't know anything about it, does she love the way I love? Am I stealing a granddaughter from her? How I conceal myself? Do I feel stolen from? Hey, what's up, guys? Don't forget that you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin' Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolokali in Little Village. And this is the What We Hold show. I'm Camila. And I'm Marie. And we just heard Strange Woman by Emma from the Oakley School of for the Arts in San Francisco. Truly, truly strange. Truly. Like, I really liked... I don't know, just something about it, the depth of it, you get me? Yeah, like, it was, like, so straightforward that, like, you kind of thought, of like, whoa, this is, like, a little too bold, but, like, mm-hmm. you kept saying, you kept listening listening to it in the end. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, that was, like, everything. That's why I think I liked it so much. Like, it was so weird. I had to, like, keep listening. So, to kind of, you know, cleanse ourselves a bit, <laughs> we have funny stories. Oh story time. God. Oh my goodness, I can't even, like, think of, like, I can't, not that I can't think of one, I can't, which one? We shared so many laughs. Let's talk about the hotel. Okay, so basically we said in the- I'm gonna put Vanessa on the spot. Oh my goodness. And Mary, too. Oh my goodness. Because you two, mm -mm mm-mm-mm. 
Okay, so basically we stayed at the Whipcomb Hotel, right? It's kind of historical, a little bit chandeliers. It's a historic hotel. Okay, so we were staying, I can't remember which floor, but like basically the floor we were staying on has like a mirror at the end of the hallway. And I'm over thinking like, why is there a mirror at the end of the hallway? And then Mary literally said, I was like, oh my God, this is such a nice hotel. Like, I like it so much. And then Mary's like, it's haunted. It's haunted. It's haunted. That's just- it. And I was like, what? Now you can't just have you can't just have a mirror at the end. What of the if hallway. people just want to look at themselves, Mary? But basically, the elevators had mirrors too. Why was that a thing? I don't know. You know, to check if they look nice. You see, I don't believe in paranormal activity, but I'm not gonna question it. Not gonna question it. Something weird happens. Out, gone, leaving, gone never by. But still, though, it's like you just can't just have a mirror at the end of the hallway. So, anyways, so as we're going, t- I was like, Mary, it's not haunted. And then Vanessa had the audacity to say, Well, this is a historic hotel, so somebody must Some, have died here. Like, it's a thing that has and to happen. And I was like, It has to be a thing when it, like, you know, it's it's historical. Maybe someone, like, done something. Right. So, literally, so our rooms were like, next to each other right and there was a door that connected them to right so we can go over to room to room right so then you know i put my stuff down i'm like me and mary are just analyzing the room like it's pretty cool pretty pretty pretty, decent. pretty creepy pretty creepy i thought it was cold okay but oh my god the i did not like the bathroom the bathroom just made noises when you turn on the light i that know so, and then the closet was scary because he had to walk in and he had to pull the light because it was kind of like one of those things. It was kind of scary because you don't know what was in so there. So as I put my stuff away, I'm going to my bed. And then all of a sudden, Vanessa just knocked on the door. But it was more of a bang. And I literally jumped. And I was like, oh, my God. And then Vanessa's like, did I scare you? And her, Stephanie, and Mary were laughing. I, I mean, you just like screamed and I just like jumped with you. But when I saw who it was, I was like laughing because like, oh, my God, did she just get scared of that? Yes, because you Sorry, guys had bro. me paranoid. I'm sorry, bro. Like, I did not mean to laugh at that, but that was funny. What about the Uber driver? Okay, so, like, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but, I, you know, wasn't supposed to spoil. But this is basically what happened. So, you know how, like, in San Francisco, obviously, there's, like, a bunch of hills, mountains, because yeah. it's built you on that. You guys must have amazing cabs. Obviously. Like, honestly, like how do y'all do that but just like anyway continuing on with the story so basically since like there's a bunch of hills and mountains there so there was this one where we were going down i was too busy paying attention to my phone i'm just like oh this is cool and then all i hear is the driver just say oh this is fun i'm like what and i look up and i just see i don't even look at the driver i just look at the sign and it just says slippery when wet i was like and i was like what does that sign mean like it was just like really confusing to me and then he turned around and said that it's about to be dangerous and we were like what? what and i was like in the middle and then literally all you see is sky you don't see a road ahead and, and we're just going straight down and i'm like no. and we're like oh my god i literally went back in the sea and i closed my eyes i was not gonna look down because i was just gonna get too it turned. was crazy by far my favorite uber driver though honestly like we took a bunch of ubers but like that uber was like the most funniest one because yeah. it's just like oh this is so fun shout out to you uber driver whoever you are oh my god yes i don't even have any words for this just like yeah even though like that was kind of mean how you made us go down yeah that. Like, and this is fun. maybe in his head he's just like huh chicagoans <laughs> chicagoans don't even know what also doing did you know people in san francisco believe that so we were there and it was literally like 50s it was like in the 50s well right Indeed. and we were like wow this is such good weather and then all the kids had like their their sweaters and everything and we were like what they're like how is it in chicago i'm like oh it's 
colder. We were like, it's cold. And they're like, how cold? I'm like, like we're we're kind of in the negatives right now. And they're like, the <gasps> negatives? You just I was like, like see jaws drop, gasping. I'm just like, what's wrong? How do you guys <laughs> live? And we're just like, uh, uh naturally uh, normally i don't know i don't know i never knew but yeah also the time difference was actually really weird because like when i called my mom like you know for her to check like, up I on felt me like the days were a lot longer honestly because like i mean we are two hours behind in san francisco but like yeah it was like just so but overall it was really fun it was awesome and we enjoyed it honestly i would go again actually if i had money honestly it would have been so much fun but anyways, we have more sound pieces to listen to. So I hope you guys enjoy. And don't forget that you are listening to WLP and LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin' Radio. Broadcasting live from Studio Y, you'll call in Little Village. I'm Camila. And I'm Marie. And stay tuned. Social anxiety. There's a certain coldness in the tip of your fingers when you find yourself sitting at the very edge of your seat, staring at your doctor as two little words slip out of her mouth ever so slightly. And you realize how fast life can turn on you when the grip you once had of your emotions and outbursts suddenly weakens. There's a constant gap in your confidence, a doubt in your actions, a pair of aching bloodshot eyes, a tremble in your voice, and an obnoxious, intolerable exhaustion within you that somehow never fails to go away. Therapy, church groups, they don't always work too well. And suddenly, you may find yourself running into multiple problems at school and getting sent to your counselor's office and the worst part of all is tolerating her repetitiveness about why you're there in the first place. There's an indiscreet ridicule in her tone it's about how your sensitive, delicate self it's needs to get it together because life isn't easy and others have it worse. There's kids getting shot, dysfunctional families, custody battles and homicides. There's substance abuse, cancer, AIDS, poverty, and pedophiles. Little girl, you're in the hood, ain't nobody got time for your overreactions. These issues, they're worse. Mental health is just another distraction. Put yourself in your father's shoes. You cross the border for a reason. Those trips, breakdowns, your screw-ups, that's what we call a treason. You were born in this country, you can't possibly complain. Because of some sort of mix-up in her brain. They kick you, they punch you, why don't you learn how to box? Get in the ring, let out that anger, and beat that kid up. You're 16 now, you should know better. Go to church, wipe off those tears, focus on your education. Congratulations, Congratulations. class of 2015. Kids here, they have it all. You spoiled, single child, pampered little brat. And you out of all these people should know that. can't simply fear going out, not here, not in this society. Because here, there's opportunity, there ain't no room for social anxiety. That's how it goes here, cause we Latinos, we're tough, there's a ton of other problems to tackle. But there's a cost to this machismo, to this overrated faith, and being traditional can be a hassle.
What you can't see can't hurt you, and that's a lesson I've learned. It's hard to live a painful silence and expect to be heard. Mental illnesses, they go around like a wildfire, but we can't put one down if there's not a single ounce of water. I carried this pain, this curse, I endured it. And this ignorance, this chaos, I refuse to be a part of it. Stereotypes and stigmas, they may seem like an intimidating hell, but I've crushed them down, and thanks to this pain, I beat my demons. I have strength, confidence, stability, and another story to tell. I am woman. Are you hiding? Yes. I'm trying to protect myself from fears untouched and unknowingly passed down. See, I hate when I get my hopes up. I cannot live knowing that I am useless to this world. See, in this world there is no option of content. No one can rest or be too compassionate and too hardworking just to have it pulled from under them. Yes, I am hiding. I'm terrified of telling my mother that I cannot sleep at night because I'm scared of being stuck like the women in my family. I'm afraid that the truth will hurt her and that she will never forgive me. I wonder if she feared the same, feared so much that it consumed her and spit her out into what she is today. I cannot blame my mother entirely for who she has turned out to be. I understand the lack of love, support, and influence that was missing in her life, but I know that my mother is one of the most radiant women that you'll ever meet and carries herself like no other woman can. I have to remind myself that she is trying, my grandmother is trying, my sisters are definitely trying, and it is extremely hard to be a black female while trying. We are expected to be the stereotypical black woman, loud with ratchet names and jobless, just like our men. When we are different, society is surprised, and we are told that we are too white, and that we should go back to our roots even by our own. It is hard to win, to be someone, and to survive. My black women are not the same, and neither are my men. It is okay to cry and panic when a loved one passes, when you fail a test, applying to your first job or college, when it gets closer to the time of leaving home. It is okay to stare into space with watering eyes and a heavy chest when reality hits you. I will say that I do not hate my mother, my grandmother, or any other woman in my family. But this is for my sisters, those who want to survive and need to succeed through fear. So what's up guys, you're listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio Broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolkali in Little Village I'm Camila And I'm Marie And don't forget that you are listening to the What We Hold show So I want to take on t- the technical Oh my goodness, I'm sorry, this is like a little too late What are the technicalities of the show? So basically, we were just talking about some of the other pieces that not only the Yolkali kids did, but so yeah. the uh, CJM, also known as Contemporary uh, Jewish Museum, and Oakland mm-hmm. and Oakley High School so for the, the Arts. So the first audio piece you heard was Social Anxiety by Cecilia Reese, our very own Cecilia. Yes. And I Am a Woman by Nija. I'm sorry if I butchered your name. I didn't mean it, but... It's just kind of really hard to, like... Uh, so it's Nisha Nige. I'm well, sorry. She is from Oakland School of the Arts. Both of them were like really touching, especially on it's, the mm-hmm. individual pieces. 
because like, I know we were like earlier we were talking about like family wise and bonding, but like like later in the ones that we were talking about, um, you know, just individual wise. Mm-hmm. And I really liked it, um, the social anxiety, and I especially really liked it, especially I am woman, by Nija Nige. Sorry again for butchering your name. Nija. 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 Okay. Nija. But just like especially the individual component, I really liked it. How about you? I really loved the sounds. I really liked the emotion. I really liked the message behind them all. I felt like they really kind of touched at home a bit, you know? Like, even though I am Hispanic, I still relate to what Nisha said. And I I think that what she said really impacts people, you know? Like, her words really impacted me. And I'm not... I'm Hispanic. Yeah, you like know? I don't think like you have to be any race in particular to like understand what she's talking about. Exactly. Like, like, I think that's the number one thing I liked about that, and along with like um social anxiety by like Cecilia. Yeah. Like like the stigma around like us like Latinos like we have to be strong like we have too many like problems to deal with the problems Definitely. that we're dealing with right now. And not only us, but I feel like sometimes mental illness is kind of like if they're not like very drastic you know then they're, they're not considered they're a, not considered like quote-unquote important important yeah and i feel like sometimes we look past them like since we're surrounded by poverty and all of this like other problems that are going on in the community we sometimes forget to touch on mental illnesses yeah like what is it like a lot of people like the stigma around it or stereotype just like if like if like it's all it's all in your head and she mentioned machismo and that's also a problem you know yeah yeah. But, like, you know, other than just, like, just talking about really sad stuff and the important stuff, very serious, like, I think we, like, need to recap, like, what exactly happened. So, what we talked about today, we talked about our trip to San Fran, like, the cool kids say it's San Fran. San Fran, not San, San Francisco. Fran. Like, saying the whole name is just, like, uncool, apparently. Yeah, apparently. But, yeah, we listened to amazing audio pieces by Yolo Kali, by Oakley School for the Art Students from the Contemporary Museum of Jewish Art and also Oakland School and like you know everything's so cool like everybody honestly did such an amazing job stupendous if, if we could put every single audio piece like this would be so long but we had to limit it but we love them all so much especially and you know, like that, that we have that done. We talked about, you know, like we, like you were talking about. We were talking about our trip from San Fran, like some of the f- funny stories with Uber drivers. Oh, that was funny, and like foods and everything else. Like I, that was really nice. So shout out to Yolo for sending me and Mary to San Fran. Like thank you very much. Like yeah, we love you guys so much for it. Ten out of ten would go again. <laughs> honestly but yeah so don't forget that you are listening to wlpn lp chicago 105.5 fm lumpen radio broadcasting live from studio y in your studio y yokali in little village this has been the what we hold show and we really hope you enjoy i'm camila and i'm marie and we're signing off bye Bye. (laughs) yes i've changed I've changed into a person I was waiting to meet. I feel as if a new piece to my puzzle has been added. A puzzle that I've been trying to figure out. A puzzle that had a lecture. Each piece is so delicate and I'm afraid to add to it. Because I don't want to ruin the potential of finishing it. 
I'm a flower that has been waiting to blossom into a rose, but instead has blossomed into a garden. A garden full of blood-colored roses, a garden full of mesmerism. I am a person with ideas as far as the mind can think. I make castles of progress and bridges of healing and skyscrapers of dreaming. A person that has always been capable of the impossible, but never thought about fighting my own demons. With a single sword, but a sword that I have built with my mind, a sword that is as sharp as a thorn, that is as strong as a rock, but is as light as a feather. Handcrafted for me to fight those who have challenged me into thinking I am less than a person. My ideas wander into a single thought. My ideas create kingdoms as far as the eye can see. My fears have been vanquished in the very pits of their despair, locked in a dungeon of my victory. I am a person whose hair flows in the wind like feathers in the cool air. I am a pencil that has written her victories in New Times New Roman. I am a book filled with gravitating words, a book filled with pain and sorrow. A paperback that soon wants to be turned into a film, a novel that just wants to be read but is hard to understand. These two brown eyes make flowing rivers. The Niagara Falls my mind. Its waters consist of memories both happy and sad. My heart beats like a beast in a cage, banging and banging, wanting to escape. Because it just wants to be loved with its hatred and pain that it puts itself through. I took the rose you gave me but chose to ignore the thorns. I was so mesmerized by your smile that I ignored the fangs in the back of your gums. I was so captivated by the palace you built me that I didn't notice the dragon roaming. I didn't notice the thorn brick walls. I didn't notice the locked doors and closed windows. All I noticed was your smile. The smile that made my feet feel like clumsy spoons. The smile that made my heart flutter like a thousand butterflies waiting to come out. That smile soon turned into a mere memory with your goodbye. You brought the storm over me, but I turned into a rainbow. When your waters have dried, I will remain a rainbow because I have changed. Hello, it's me. I haven't heard from you in a while. I hope it's because you're listening and enjoying our amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delightful, funny, breathtaking, amazing, astonishing, highly amazing production. If not, you should listen to our radio show, What's Up, again. In the meantime, we'll be working on the next one here in Lumpkin Radio. So stay tuned to our next amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delightful, funny, breathtaking, astonishing, highly amazing broadcast. I hope that you are informed about the awesome parts of life and that you will have a splendid day. Don't forget to listen to us on SoundCloud at Yolokali, on social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Tumblr at Yolokali, or visit at yolokaliartsreach.org for more. We are the robots. We are the robots.